Good evening. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Welcome back to Boomerx Tonight, your nearly daily source for news and politics. I'm Risen Lady Heathen Hassel. What's up, it's our show from other millennial news podcasts. That we do a pregame show where we get to be all vicious and hateful. That's right. true. We we do spit a lot of vitriol into our pregame show. Um, we have a boomer, and not just any boomer. We have Mr. Boomer Rex himself. All right. Good evening. You two eat, sleep, and breathe politics, and I'm still learning us three unique perspectives we share along with the facts from our literal round table sorry we missed last night we were all feeling a little under the weather so we decided to take the night off as promised we have more fun with grigner in the eye of Argon. uh we left off with our hero in quite the predicament after murdering and whoring his way across the countryside he was rightfully detained and brought to the sovereign person of the land uh, who opted to throw him in the vault of misery so let's get back to our story who wants to start tonight I will. okay as you wish sire your command shall be heeded immediately answered the soldier on the right of grigner as he stared into the barbarian's seemingly unaffected face the advisor seated in back of the noble slowly rose and advanced to the side of his master motioning the wenches seated at his sides to remove themselves. He lowered his head and whispered to the noble, Eminence, the punishment you have decreed will cause much misery to this scum, yet it will only last a short time and then release him to a land beyond suffering of the human body. Why not mellow him in one of the subterranean vaults for a few days? and then send, send him to life labor in one of your buried mines. To one such as he, life spent in confinement of the Stygian pits will be infinitely more appropriate and lasting torture. The noble cupped his drooping double chin in the folds of his brimming palm, meditating for a moment upon the rationality of the counselor's words then raised his shaggy brown eyebrows and turned toward the advisor, eyes aglow. As always, Agathon, you speak with great wisdom. Your words ring of great knowledge concerning the nature of one such as he, saith the king. The noble turned toward the prisoner with noticeable shimmer reflecting in his frog-like eyes, his lips contorting to a greasy grin. I have decided to void my previous decree. The prisoner shall be removed of one of the palace's underground vaults. Sorry. Should, should have been 2-1. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> the prisoner shall be removed to one of the palace's underground vaults. There he shall stay until I have decided that he has sufficiently simmered, whereupon he is to be allowed to spend the remainder of his days at labor in one of the many mines. Upon hearing this, Grignard realized that his fate would be far less merciful than death to one such as he, who is used to roaming the countryside at will, a life of confinement a life of confinement would be more than his body and mind could stand up to. This type of life would be immeasurably worse than death. I shall never understand the ways of your twisted civilization. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. 
I shall never understand the ways if your twisted civilization. I simply defend my honor and condemn to life confinement by a pig who sits on his royal ass wooing whores and knows nothing of the affairs of the land he imagines to rule, lectures Grigner. Why is there a question mark? Grigner spades question mark. Why? And what is the ways if you twisted? Like, did he even read this, like, once after he typed it? Again, typewriter. <laughs> That's all I've really got. Fine. <laughs> Enough of this. Away with the slut before I lose my control. Why is everyone a slut? Again, 70s. <laughs> Seeing the peril of his position, Grigner searched for an opening, crushing prudence to the sward. He plowed into the soldier at his left arm, taking hold of his sword, and bounding to the dais, supporting the prince. He spelt sword right the second time. <laughs> just... I just love the, like, wandering tour of royalty this guy is. Yeah. Before the startled guards re could regain their composure, Agafin leaped Grigner and his sire but found a sword. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the like spiderly leap across the <laughs> blade permeating the length of his ribs before he could loose his weapon. The counselor slumped to his knees as Grigner slid his crimsoned blade from Agafin's ribcage. The fat prince stood undulating in insurmountable fear before the edge of the fiery maned comment what? Yeah. Yeah, fiery man comet, yeah. Rained. Yep. Uh, his flabs of jelly blubber pulsating to and fro in ripple of flowing terror. I didn't yeah, realize weird. that fat could blubber. flow like... Be that expressive. Sure. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Where's your wisdom and power now, your majesty, growled Grigner. The prince went rigid as Grigner discerned him glazing over his shoulder. What the fuck? Ah, fine. He swiveled to note the cause of the noble's attention, raised his sword over his head, and prepared to leash a vicious downward cleft, but fell short as the haft of a steel-rimmed pike clashed against his unguarded skull. Then blackness and solitude, silence and shrouding, an ever-peaceful rind supreme. Before me, Syrah... Before me, as always, ha 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 ha, the noble cackled. Sarah, that's a... I did just... Okay. Um, do you want to keep, or nope. do you want to pass? I want to pass. Okay. Consciousness returned to Grigner in stigmatic pools, as his mind gradually cleared of the cobwebs, cluttering its inner recesses. Yet the Stygian cloud of charcoal ebony remained an incompatible shield of blackness, enhanced by the bleak absence of sound. Uh, by the way, this is chapter three, folks. Oh. Grigner's muddled brain reeled from the shock of the blow he had received to the base of his skull. The events leading to his predicament were slow to filter back. He dickered with the notion that he was ah, dead. Filter back to him. Indeed. <clears throat> Grigner's muscled brain reeled from the shock of the blow he had received to the base of his skull. The events leading to his predicament were slow to filter back to him. He dickered with the notion that he was 
dead and had descended or sunk, however it may be, to the shadowed land beyond the aperture of the grave, but rejected this hypothesis when his memory sift, sifted back within his grips. Wait, what? How does memory sift back into your grips? Like, I mean, I know that's, that's like aiming at? an yeah. intimate. Okay, uh, this was not the land of the dead. It was something infinitely more precarious than anything the grave could offer. Death promised an infinity of peace, not the finite misery of an inactive life of confined torture. Forever concealed from the life-bearing shafts of the beloved rising sun, the orb that had been taken for granted yet now cherished above all else, to be forever refused further glimpses of the snow-capped summits of the land of his birth, never again to witness the thrill, the thrill of plundering unexplored lands beyond the crest of a bleeding horizon, and perhaps worst of all, the denial to ever, the denial to ever again encompass the lustful excitement of caressing the naked curves of the body of a trim, yawned wench. Okay. Like, well like yeah, he gotten. hasn't he hasn't even like like been in confinement for a day and he's already just gone. Yeah. Like he's just checked out. Um <clears throat> I was going to say originally the whole like, you know, <clears throat> focus on sunlight thing was rather insightful of young Mr. Thighs, but then we got lost in the rest <laughs> and yawned wenches. <laughs> right. This was indeed one of the buried chasms of hell concealed within the inner depths of the palace's despised interior, a fearful ebony chamber devised to drive to the brinks of insanity the minds of the unfortunately condemned through that inept solitude. Inept? The inept solitude of a limbo of listless, dreary silence. Jesus, fuck. Okay, so now we're on three and a half. I don't remember there being half chapters previously. Am I crazy? Yeah, this one chapter... Yeah, chapter two just goes on forever. Chapter three is two paragraphs. Yeah, oh, we got a seven and a half. And then we're on to chapter three and a half. Okay. Cool. Um, Seven and a half is the last one. And the lost ending. Uh, A tightly wrung elliptical circle or torches cast their wavering shafts prancing morbidly over the smooth surface of a rectangular rigid altar. Like, okay, first of all, that's like a lot in one fucking sentence. Expertly chiseled forms of grotesque gargoyles graced the oblique rim, protruding the length of the grim orifice. Oh, yeah, I totally missed that. Okay, your turn. Protuberating. It's even worse than that. A tightly wrung elliptical circle. Oh, shit. Go. (laughs) Expertly chiseled forms of grotesque gargoyles graced the oblique rim of the protuberating the length of the grim orifice of death, 
staring forever ahead into nothingness, in complete ignorance of the bloody rites enacted in their presence. That was the longest sentence I've seen in a long time. That sentence is like five lines long. And... Oh, no, wait, because that first... And I can't complain. I do love when people describe the things, but... Yeah, that sentence is like three full lines. It's weird, because this is what, like... This writing style is later what goes on to be most of the 40k fan fiction. Ah, that explains Which is some of my favorite batshit crazy stuff, but... Da-da-da, rim, death, staring, presence, brown flaking stains decorated the golden surface of the ridge surrounding the altar, which banked to a small slit at the lower right-hand corner of the altar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I... I don't think there's a lot of good understanding of the parts of altars. Yeah. Because, like, the flat bit on top... This part of the altar, the cover. other part of the altar, and the... Can't you just say you're describing the altar and just describe it? Like... Yeah. The slit stood above a crudely pounded pail, which had several silver mesh chalices hanging at its sides, dangling at the rim of golden mallet, the handle of which was engraved with the images of twisted faces and grooved at its far end with slots designed for a snug hand grip. The head of the mallet was slightly larger than a clenched fist and shaped into a smooth oval mass. Okay, is it just me, or does anybody else not have any idea what's going on at all in this dungeon? Hey, we got Very the altar, confused. it's got a drain, it's, I'm basically picturing like a autopsy table, but like altery, and there's like the bucket with some cups in it. I don't know where you're getting hurt. any of that. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 bang to a small slit, right corner, yeah, slit above, crudely pounded pail, then the silver mesh cups. Yeah, yeah a, a pail, but what? Yeah. Where is the pail? No, it's... It's where the blood runs to. Yeah. I agree, it is inartfully done, which is weird for how artfully done it, like, what is done is, or what is here is done. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like this mallet is very important. Apparently. But then, anyway, encircling the marble altar was a congregation of leering shaman, eerie chants of a bygone age, originating in unknown eons before in the memory of man, were being uttered from the buried recesses of the acolytes' deeplings. Acolytes' deeplings? Yeah, no, I know. Fuck me. I'm just done. Are they, was he, did he mean lungs? Gotta. That's yeah. my guess, yeah. Orange paint was smeared in gener generous globules over the top of the wool. The, 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 yeah. the priests the. wrinkled shaven scalps, while golden rings projected from the lobes of their pink ears. Ornate robes of luscious purple satin enclosed their bulging torsos, attached around their waist with silvered silk <coughs> lashes latched with ebony buckles in the shape of morose, misshaped skulls. Dangling around their necks were oval were oval-fashioned medallions held by thin gold chains, featuring in their centers blood-red rubies, which resembled crimson, crimson fetish eyeballs. <laughs> Cushioning their bare feet uh, were plush-red felt slippers with pointed golden spikes projecting from their tips. At least that is, like, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Like you got a picture of some dudes and some stuff. Yeah, no, the previous thing, all I got was, like, there's a big hole, and there's some gargoyles around the hole, and somewhere there's an altar, and... See, I saw the gargoyles as part of the altar. 
Oh, I thought there was a big hole in the center with gargoyles around it staring down into the hole. That was my interpretation, but anyway. Mm. Yeah. Situated in front of the altar and directly adjacent to the copper pail, which did he even say? Copper pail earlier? No, I think he said it was... I think we just decided, I think it was a crudely made pail. Crudely pounded pail, which yeah. had several silver... Well, now we're in show. Look, it's a... Jim Thais knows what he's doing. He's Wait, generally wait, wait, wait. what is silver what is a silver meshed chalice see what i'm picturing is a chalice with like the little like silver decorations mail, decorative nonsense but like tiny like jewelry status okay yeah i was thinking that they had that it was a that the pounded bucket had holes in it and that the chalices were hanging from below those Oh, Could be. Well. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Apparently, as we go along, we'll get new details about the buckets. That's true. That's true. More descriptions. Which is odd, because again, he just strikes like lightning down these paths of you describing. You literally set up three or four paragraphs of just describing yeah. what's in here through Grigner's eyes. Oh, yeah. No, this is a perfect time to do like a you know perspective shift and do the rat running around the ceiling. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In part of its dismal lives, or whatever it is Scrigner thinks about rat life. Fair. Copper Pale was massive... Uh, da, 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 adjacent to the Copper Pale was a massive jade idol. It's a really busy room, buddy. Yeah, it is. A misshaped, hideous bust of the shaman's pagan deity. The shimmering green idol was placed in a sitting posture on an ornately carved golden throne, raised above a round... Upon, raised oh, upon, yep. around. Your turn. The shimmering green idol was placed in a sitting posture on an ornately carved golden throne raised upon a round Dvori plated dais. It, it bulging arms and webbed hands resting on the padded arms of the seat. Its head was entwined in golden snake-like coils hanging over its oblong ears which tapered to thin hollow points. Its nose was a bulging triangular mass, sucking in at the sides with toe-gaping nostrils. Dramatic beneath the nostrils was a twisted, shaggy-lipped mouth, giving the impression of a slobbering, sadistic grimace. Yeah, this is it, its bulging arms. What? Again, I don't think there was a lot of people Jim Thais to show this kind of writing to without getting burned by the rest of his church. Yeah, so... Div Divroy yeah, done... plated dais? What is what is Divroy? Who knows? It's supposed to be ivory. ivory. Yeah. Ah, right. Well, anyway, this is as close as I come to that one game that isn't Jeopardy with the words. Because I just don't see words like yeah. that. At the foot of the heathen deity, a slender, pale faced female, naked but for a golden jeweled harness, enshrouding her huge outcropping breasts supporting long silver laces which extended to her thigh, stood before the pearl-white field with noticeable shivers traveling up and down the length of her exquisitely molded body. Her delicate lips trembled beneath the soft, narrow hands as she attempted to conceal herself from the piercing stare of the ambivalent idol. What, why does she have something covering her breasts but not her vajayjay? That's what I want to know. Who Getting knows? Bothers are weird. 
why even bother putting anything on her at all at that point? It just doesn't make sense to you me. You gotta have something. You gotta wrap God's present in something. Right, but then wouldn't you wrap her with JJ too, or have her wrapped in some light robe that's easy to remove or tear off or work around or whatever? Apparently not. They're gonna whack her with a mallet. Yeah, but so then why even have the clothing in the first place? Just have her fucking bare ass naked. That would have been better. Hey, I'm just glad she's not. Maybe maybe with some like runes drawn on her or some shit. Like, I don't know. Make it make it you make you're crazy. Grigner's crazy. This is all insane. Any of the previous who benefited man. from this is their opening description, is what I'm saying. I really think he just forgot. Like he just like was like, oh, boobs need to be covered because things and that was it. <laughs> well, it was a good excuse to bring up her huge outcropping breasts. That's true. Because otherwise, it's just naked chick stands scared before idol. With huge sagging breasts. That's his thing. He likes saggy tits. No, it's a saggy no, no, nipples. Just saggy sorry, nipples. saggy nipples. That was his thing. All right, sorry. You, you say it like that, it sounds weird. <laughs> Glaring directly down towards her was the stony, cyclopic face of the bloated deity. Gaping from its single, obling socket was scintillating many-faceted scarlet emerald a uh, brilliant uh, uh, many faceted yeah <laughs> no indeed it is it is I got, I was, i've been waiting for that one I, that's I, the only been, thing i remembered and i've been waiting for it no fair i <laughs> am again just hung up on the scarlet emerald gaping from its single obling socket was scintillating many Fauceted <laughs> scarlet emerald, a brilliant gem, seeming to possess a life all of its own. A priceless gleaming stone capable of domineering the wealth of conquering empires. The Eye of Argon. So the Eye of Argon is basically just a Made emerald. its arrival. Mm. Yep. All right. Chapter four. All knowledge of measuring time had escaped Grignar when a person is deprived of the sun, moon, and stars. He loses all concept of time as he had... No, wait, hold on. All conception. Oh, shit. No, you're lying. Damn. <laughs> Good luck with that run. Uh, that when a person is deprived of the sun, moon, and stars, he loses all conception of time as he has previously understood it. It has seemed as if years had passed, if at time were being measured by terms of misery and mental anguish, yet he estimated that his stay had only been a few days in length. He had slept three times and been fed five times since his awakening in the crypt. However, when the actions of the body are restricted, its needs are also affected. The need for nourishment and slumber are directly proportional to the functions of the body has performed, meaning that when free and active, Grigner may become hungry every six hours and witness the desire for sleep every 15 hours, whereas his present condition, he may encounter the need for food every day. Jesus, this is fucking... Bad. Drilling into the sleepy bits of my brain. Food every 10 hours and the want for rest every 20 hours. All methods he had before depended upon were extinct in this dismal pit. Hence he hence he may have been imprisoned for ten minutes or ten years. He did not know, resulting in a disheartened emotion deep within his being. Okay, I'm just gonna say, like, 
you you could have gotten rid of all that whatever and just said like he didn't need as much food but they weren't giving him enough i mean i don't understand this like breaking it out into hours like oh you could show me his thought process in a different way i'm just like this didn't land well he wasn't hungry like he expected yeah. even on the meager rations he was given something like that right explain why his like sleep and food count may be off because he knows this other thing anyway right and how the error would be cumulative or something it was something the food if you can honor the moldering lumps of fetid mush to that extent was born him by two guards <clears throat> What they just when like you guys love each other very much. Birth food. Some birth food. Yeah. <laughs> you laughed. Yeah, no, I'm out. Good, fine. Good. <laughs> Shit. I'm, just put me down as laughing the rest of the time. <laughs> Go, boomer. Uh, the food, if you can honor the moldering lumps. <laughs> The food, if you can honor the moldering lumps of fetid mush to that extent, was borne to him by two guards, who opened a portal at the top of his enclosure and shoved it to him in wooden bowls, retrieving the food and water bowls from his previous meal at the same time, after which they threw back the bolts of the iron latch and returned to their other duties. Since deprived of all other means of nourishment, Grigner was impelled to eat the tainted slop in order to ward off the pangies of starvation, though as he stuffed it into his mouth with his filthy fingers and struggled to force it down his throat, he imagined it was that which had been spurned by the hounds stationed at various segments of the palace. Wait, so I thought... Oh, never mind. There was little in the barren vault that could occupy his body or mind. He had paced out the length and width of... The, what happened to the girl? Right. Um, oh, she's in another... Worst place. Place or something. But yeah, no. How does he know about the worst place? No idea. Okay. He's uh, clairvoyant because my opinion of where he's he at... He knows there's hounds. <clears throat> my thought of where he's at now is like, it's literally in a pit and they're like throwing bowls at him from above. Get but how are they retrieving his yeah, other bowls? Yeah, that part seems to fall. Is more. he like handing them back to him? Like, here you go, buddy. Thanks, more food. Right. Like, I, it just. It will throw its bowl to me. Uh huh. Or else they get the hose again. Yeah. But again, you imagine. You think like, your cell, cell sucks now? Imagine what it's gonna be like when you're swimming. Yeah. Tell, tell me that that. Uh, a guard is going to lay down on the floor and reach his arm into to hand down food or anything like that. Every like, time I see one of the guards doing that, I'm kicking him in the hole. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, this does not make sense in any way. No, I'm going to open up the thing and be like, hey, Grigner, throw your bowls up. Otherwise, don't, and don't get fed. Right. Or get the hose. Yeah. It could always get worse from here. Yep. There was little in the bar and vault that could occupy his body or mind. He had paced out the length and width of the enclosure time and time again, and tested every granite slab which consisted the walls of the prison in hopes of finding a hidden passage to freedom, all of which was to no avail other than to keep him busy and distract his mind from wandering to thoughts of what he believed was his future. 
He had memorized the number of strides from one end to the other of the cell, and knew the exact number of slabs which made up the bleak dungeon. Numerous schemes were introduced and alternately discarded in turn, as they suckered, suckered to unravel to him no means of escape which stood the slightest chance of success. Anguish continued to mount as his means of occupation were rapidly exhausted. Suddenly, without no tithe, he was routed from his contemplations. Was he, routed, all one word. <laughs> from his contemplations as he detected a faint scratching sound at the end of the crypt opposite him. The sound seemed to be caused by something trying to scrape away at the granite blocks of the floor of the enclosure consisted of the sandy scratching of something like an animal's claw. Okay, but I don't see any animals digging through granite, so... Yeah. I think they are. Grigner's fucked. Maybe Grigner. weak to wooden bowls. <laughs> He's about to make a friend. Leave him alone. Um, okay. I, I beg to differ, but we'll find out. Grigner gradually groped his way to the other end of the vault, carefully feeling his way along with his hands ahead of him. When a few inches from the wall a loud penetrating squeal and the scampering of small padded feet reverberated from the walls of the roughly hewn chamber. Grigner threw his hands up to shield his face and flung himself backwards upon his buttocks. A fuzzy form bounded to his hairy chest, burying its talons in his flesh while gnashing toward his throat with its grinding white teeth. But I thought he couldn't see anything. How does he know the teeth are white? Who knows? Its sour, fetid breath <clears throat> scrutched the squirming barbarian's dilating nostrils. Grigner grappled with the lashing flexor muscles of the repugnant body as a gargantuan, brown-hided rat striving to hold its racer teeth from his juicy juggler as its beady gray organs of sight glazed into the flaring emeralds of its prey. Taking hold of the rodent around its mean, growling stomach with both hands, Grigner pried it from his crimson-rent breast, removing small patches of flayed fresh from his thrust in the motion between the squalid black claws and the starving beast. Holding the rodent at arm's length, he cupped his right hand over its frothing face, contracted his fingers into a vice-like fist over the, over the quivering head. Retaining his grip on the rat, Grigner flexed his outstretched arms while slowly twisting his right hand clockwise and his left hand counterclockwise. Would have made sense. <laughs> retaining his <clears throat> retaining his grip on the rat, Grignar flexed his outstretched arms while slowly twisting his right hand clockwise and his left hand counterclockwise motion. In a counter? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the rodent let out a tortured squall. I think he meant squeal. Uh, <clears throat> drawing scarlet as it violently dug its foam-flecked fangs 
into the barbarian's sweating palm, causing his face to contort to an ugly grimace as he cursed beneath his breath. Excuse me. With a loud crack, the rodent's head parted from its squirming torso, torso, yeah, torso uh, sending out a sparkling shower of crimson gore and trailing a slimy string of disjointed vertebrae. Vertebrae, yeah, okay. Vertebrae. Um, <clears throat> snapped trachea, uh, esophagus, and jugular, disjointed hoid bone, morose purple stretched hide, and blood-seared muscles. Mm. Um, <clears throat> flinging the broken body to the floor, Grigner shook his blood-streaked hands, and wiped them against his thigh until dry, then wiped the blood that had showered his face from his eyes. Again seating himself upon the jagged floor, he prepared to once more revamp his glum meditations. He told himself that as long as he still breathed the gust of life through his lungs, hope was not lost. He told himself this, but found it hard to comprehend in his gloomy surroundings. Yet he was still alive, his bulging sinews at their peak of marble, his struggling mind floating in a mural of expressed excellence of thought. Plot after plot sifted through his mind in energetic energetic contemplations. Then it hit him. Minutes may have passed in silence, through thought or days. Uh, he could not tell, but he stumbled at last upon a plan that he considered as holding a slight margin of plausibility. He might die in the attempt, but he knew he would not submit without a final bloody struggle. It was not a foolproof plan, yet it built up a store of renewed vortex energy in his overwrought soul, all one word, uh, though he might perish in the execution of the escape, he would still be escaping the life of infinite torture in store for him. Either way, he could still cheat the gloating prince of the secord, of the secord revenge his sadistic mind craved so dearly. The gods would soon come to bear him off to the prince's buried minds of dread, giving him the sought-after opportunity to execute his newly formed plan. Groping his way along the floor, Grigna finally found his tool in a pool of con... You think he'd have noticed if his tool fell off. In a pool of congealed gore, the carcass of the decapitated rodent, the tool that was very... that was... that... the tool that the very filth he had been sentenced to spawned. When the time came for action, he would have to be prepared, so he set himself to rending the sick, stick, sticky hulk in grim silence, searching by the touch of his fingers for the lever to freedom. What the fuck is he looking for? First of all, he just murdered a rat. That's fucking extra food. Yeah. I would be eating the shit out of that. Like, seriously, raw or not? This is Grigner! 
Grigner's man. He's gonna yeah. bite the head <laughs> off and then start chewing on it, right? And looking up all the blood. That's that's good. That's fucking crazy. Okay. Uh, chapter five. I'm gonna pass it off to you. Lucky me. Yeah. <clears throat> Up to the altar and be done with it, wench, ordered the fidgeting shaman, as he gave the female a grim stare, accompanied by the wrinkling of his lips to a mirthful grin of delight. The girl burst into a slow, steady whimper, stooping shakily to her knees, and cringing woefully from the priest, with both arms wound snake-like around the bulging jade, jade shin, raising before her scantily attired figure. Her face was ready and flame, redly oh. inflamed. The girl burst into. Oh no! Wait, we're past that. Uh, her face was redly inflamed from the salty flow of tears spouting from her glassy, dilated eyeballs. With short, heavy footfalls, the priest approached the female. His piercing stare never wavering from her quavering young countenance. Halting before the terrified girl, he projected his arm outward and motioned her to arise with an upward motion of his hand. Movement, fuck, no. <clears throat> Halting before the terrified girl, he projected his arm outward and motioned her to arise with an upward movement of his hand. The girl's whimpering increased slightly as she sunk closer to the floor rather than arising. The flickering torches outlined her trim build with a weird ornate glow as it cast a ghostly shadow dancing in horrid waves of splendor over smoothly worn whiteness of the marble-hewn altar. The shaman's lips curled back further, exposing a set of blackened, decayed molars, which transformed his slovenly grin into a wide, greasy arc of sadistic mirth, and alternately interposed into the female a strong sensation of stomach-curdling nausea. Have it as you will, female, gloated the enhanced priest as he bent over at the waist, projecting his ape-like arms forward and clasping the female's slender arms with his hairy round fists. With an inward surge of, of his biceps, he hastily jerked the trembling girl Partially. to... Indeed. Your turn. <clears throat> Oh my god, how far back do we need to go? Right. Uh, <clears throat> with an inward surge of, of, his, oh yeah, you missed that, of, of, too. Uh, with an no, inward surge, oh, did he? Uh, uh, anyway. <clears throat> with an inward surge of, of his biceps, he harshly jerked the trembling girl to her feet and smothered her salty, wet cheeks with the moldy touch of his decrepit dull red lips so he kissed her cheek i guess mm -hmm. um the vile stench of the shaman <clears throat> shaman's hot fetid breath overcame the nauseated female with a deep soul searing sickness causing her to wrench 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 her head backwards and regurgitate a slimy orange-white stream of swelling gore over the richly woven purple robe of the enthused acolyte. Um, Gross. Yeah, first of all, like, when you vomit, nobody throws their head back. That's mm. not a human reaction. When people vomit, they curl. Yeah. 
they curl into the fetal position. They're going to put their head down. Because if you look up and vomit, you're, you're going to choke. choke on your own fucking vomit. Yeah. Like, I don't care how projectile you are being with said vomit. Anyway. <clears throat> the priest's lips trembled with a malicious rage as he removed his callous paws from the girl's arms and replaced them, and replaced them with tightly around her undulating neck, shaking her violently to and fro. Don't shake vomiting girls. They hate it. And replace them with tightly... Uh, yeah, no, that's it's... what it fucking says, man. Um, the girl grasped a tortured groan from her clamped long... How can she groan if her lungs are clean? <clears throat> her sea blue eyes bulging forth from damp sockets. Crocking. Crooking? Crocking? I got cocking on mine. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Cocking. So I was trying to correct it. So that's it. Cocking her right foot backwards, she leashed it desperately outward with the strength of a demon possessed, lodging her sandaled foot squarely between the shaman's testicles. Oh, that sounds like fun. And. Like, that's, that's not acing the ball-kicking test, is all I'm saying. And wait, wait, wait. She was totally naked except for a bra, and now she's got sandals. Well, I mean harness, so... I assumed it did left lifting and more separating, but I don't really know much about sacrificial harnesses. Well, you didn't describe it very well. I'm assuming it's a bra. Yeah. A metal bra. And that's... sandals, apparently. Yeah. Which I don't remember it, but... No, he said this, nothing about the feet, Sam. Yeah. Well, he's not into the feet. It's the huge outcropping breasts. That's true. Which I can understand of a boy of his age. Okay. The startled priest released his crushing grip, crimping his body over at the waist, overlooking his recessed belly, wide open in a deep chasm. Why is his belly recessed? I don't know. His face flushed to a rose shade of crimson. To a rose I, red shade oh, of crimson. Oh, yeah, no, good. Fuck off, then. <laughs> I don't have time to interpret this shit. I'm just trying to read it, like, as it's there, which is not... No, you do the same thing. Once you get, you know, into a flow, like, you'll skip stuff. Like, yeah, I'll just make a better make story. Sense. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Go ahead, Boomer. His face flushed to a rose red... His face flushed to a rose-red shade of crimson, eyelids fluttering wide with eyeballs protruding blindly outwards from their sockets to their outmost perimeters. On his lips quivered wildly about allowing an agonized wallow to gust forth. As his breath billowed from burning lungs, his hands reached out, clutching his urinary gland as his knees wobbled rapidly for a few seconds and then buckled, causing the ruptured shaman to collapse in an egg-huddled mass to the granite pavement, rolling helplessly about in his agony. The pathetic screeches of the shaman grovel groveling in dejected misery upon the hand-hewn granite-laid pavement worn smooth by countless hours of arduous sweat and toil a welter of ichor oozing through his clenched hands, attracted the perturbed attention of his comrades in their fetid ulations. 
The actions of this rebellious wench bespoke the credence of an unheard-of sacrilege, never before in a lost mage of untold eons had a chosen one dared to demonstrate such blasphemy in the face of the cult's idolic deity. The girl cowered in unreasoning terror, helpless in the face of emblazoned acolyte's rage. Her orchid-tussled face smothered betwixt her bulging bosom as she shut her curled lashes tightly, hoping to open them and find herself awakening from a morbid nightmare. I want to point out, I think Jim Thighs may be patient zero of the weeb virus. Like, um, before that was even a thing. First of all, um, women can't... That is the most like, anime sentence I've ever heard. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Put okay. I have some big, big boobs. Okay, they're they're pretty huge. But you can't take cover behind them. Trump would call them huge and ginormous, the biggest yeah. you've ever seen. But you're not gonna hide behind them. But I'm not gonna like. I I can't. First of all, remember she's got a metal bra on. Yeah. With a bra on, there's no look. I can't even get. Maybe she's like a pop. She's part pop. And I have a really long neck, so if any woman can do it, I should be able to put my face and my boobs up. This is not a thing. It's not going to happen. The, now, back to if I wasn't wearing a bra, corruption. I could certainly, like, touch them to my chin if I tried really hard, but, like, it's going to be uncomfortable for everyone involved, you know? <laughs> this is not something. Yeah. Women do not put their faces in their boobs. It's not a thing. Um, so, anyway. I want to go back to the ruptured, uh, causing the ruptured shaman to collapse. Like, the... He wasn't... He kicked that asshole right? good. Yeah, he wasn't kidding about that demon-possessed thing. Yeah. Like, normally, people use that as hyperbole, and she... I've seen people throw up and or pass out. Yeah, but I wouldn't have described it. Would you have described those people as ruptured, and was their icor leaking out? No. What the fuck is icor? Goo. Like, wound goo. Extrails that were, until a moment ago, entrails. Yeah. <laughs> And ruptured urinary glands, which again is always good for people for me. All right, I'm, I'm yeah. good. I just, it was the <laughs> smothered betwixt her bulging bosom. Yet, yeah. The girl cowered in unreasoning terror, helpless in the, in the face of the emblazoned acolyte's rage. Orchid tussled face smothered between her bulging bosom as she shut her curled lashes tightly, hoping to open them and find her self-awakening from a morbid nightmare. Yet the hand of destiny decreed her no such mercy. The antagonized pack of leering shaman converged tensely upon her prostate form, were entangled all too lividly in the grim web of reality. Shuddering from the clammy touch of the shaman um, as they grappled with her supple form, Hands wrenched at her slender arms and legs in all directions, her bare body being molested in the midst of a labyrinth of orange smudges, purpled satin, mangled skulls, shadowed in an eerie crimson glow. Her confused head reeled, then clouded in a mist of enshrouding ebony as she lapsed beneath the protective sheet of unconsciousness to a land of peach and resign. So what happened? They like attacked her. She passed her? out. Yeah, they snatched her, picked her up, and were body suffering her to wherever they're taking her. 
Cool. Take hold of this rope, said the first soldier. This is chapter six, so everybody knows. And climb out from your pit, slut. Your presence is requested in another far deeper hell hole. Grigner slipped his right hand to his thigh, concealing a small, opaque object beneath the folds of the G-string wrapped about his waist. Brian Brian Wells swelled in Grigner's cold, jade-squinting eyes, which, grown accustomed to the gloom of the Stygian pools of ebony engulfing him, would be dazzled and blinded by flickering radiance cast forth by the second soldier's resin torch. Tightly gripped in the second soldier's right hand, opposite the intermittent torch, was a large double-edged axe, a long leather-wound oaken handle transfixing the center of the weapon's iron head. Adorning the torsos of both these centuries were thin yet sturdy halberks and breastplates of which were woven of tightly hemmed twines of reinforcing silver braiding. Cupping the soldiers' feet were thick leather sandals wound upon their shins to two inches below their knees. Wrapped about their waists were wide satin girdles with slender bladed ponards dangling loosely from them, the hilts of which featured scarlet-encrusted gems. Resting upon the manes of their heads and reaching midway to their brows were smooth copper morions, Spiraling the lower portion of the helmet were short, upcurved silver spikes, while a golden hump spired from the top of each bassinet. Beneath their chins, wound around their necks and draping their plaid shoulders, dangled regal purple satin cloaks, which flowed midway to the soldiers' feet. Okay, so... They're all dressed up. They're they're, they're They're necks. as opposed to their shoulders have capes, their necks have capes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and uh, can I just say, like, we need some uh, capitalizations at the beginning of sentences here because this is ridiculous. I can't even count the number of sentences. He was overcome describing their lowercase letter. <laughs> it's like, let there be a standard, right? Either you're capitalizing at the beginning of each sentence or you're not, but like, this back and forth shit's gotta go. God, can you imagine feeding this to a, a, a checker? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. an editor would cry. This, yeah. this would make any editor just, just sob. <laughs> it would make Microsoft Word go crazy. No. Clippy would move. Yeah. <laughs> Clippy would give you the finger and then delete himself from your computer. <laughs> like, you need this. more than me, buddy. I can't help you with this. <laughs> Best applet ever published. God, I loved that. Stalked over, grabbed Clippy out of the corner, bent him all to hell, took him over and stuffed him in the garbage can. It was great. All right, here we go. Hand over hand, feet braced against the dank walls of the enclosure. Huge Grigner ascended from the moldering depths of the forlorn abyss. His swelled limbs, stiff due to boredom of a timeless inactivity, compounded by the musty atmosphere and jagged granite protuberant against his body craved for action. The opportunity now presented itself 
served the purpose of oiling his rusty joints and honing his dulled senses. Yeah, I mean, this man hasn't killed anybody you know, in, in, a a day or two, yeah. in a day or two. Because let's remember, he doesn't know if he was down there for 10 minutes or 10 years. He's yeah. got no idea. Yeah, that rack could have been five years ago. And by the way, can, can I also point out the fact that he could walk around his cage, but he says he was inactive? Like, yeah. dude like that would be doing push-ups and, like, handstand push-ups yeah. and, like, you know, you'd be doing something. You wouldn't just be yeah, that's how you get tired there. enough to sleep. <laughs> Bad at the screen. He braced himself facing the second soldier. The century's stature, stature was wildly exaggerated in the glare of the flickering crescent cuppocks on his right fist. What is that? I don't know, but it's in his right fist. Go ahead. <laughs> Your turn. Oh. Uh, the century... <clears throat> the century stature was, was wildly exaggerated in the glare of the flickering crest cupics in his right fist. His eyes were wide open in a slightly slanted owlish gaze, enhanced in their sinister intensity by the hawk-bill curved of his nose and pale, one word, yellow peak of his cheeks. Place your hands behind your back, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> said the second soldier as he raised his axe over his right shoulder blade and cast it a wavering glance. Um, <clears throat> we must bind your wrists to parry any attempts at escape. That's not what that word means. Be sure to make the knot a stout one, Borig. We wouldn't want our guests to take leave of our guidance. Borig grasped Grigner's left wrist and reached for, reached for the barbarian's right wrist. Grigner wrenched his arm free and swiveled to face Borig. Reach beneath his loincloth with his right hand. The sentry grappled at his girdle for the sheathed dagger but recoiled short of his intentions as Grigner's right arm swept to his gorge. Mm -hmm. The soldier went limp, his bobbing eyes rolling beneath fluttering eyelids, a deep welt across his spouting gullet. Without lingering to observe the results of his efforts, Grigner dropped to his knees. The second soldier's axe cleft over Grigner's head in a bills, bills of silvery ferocity, severing several scarlet locks from his scalp, coming to rest in his fellow's stomach. The iron head crashed through the mail and flesh with splintering force, spilling a pool of crimsoned entrails over the granite paving. The fuck just happened? He shanked one dude and ducked, and then the axe, like, that part didn't really make a lot of sense, because, like, if he shanked that guy, he's probably coming down. But instead, he got his buddy's axe stuck in him. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's that gratuitous scene in every movie now where, like, someone ducks under the thing and, again, and goes right over him. who takes so. the dangerous dude out of a pit? 
without having weapons drawn and with only two people. Yeah, I, and axes are exactly the wrong weapon to use in a hallway. Yeah, no, it would be daggers. Yeah. So, I vote we end here and ask the question, will our hero escape? Ba-ba-bum. Uh, I'm betting yes. I think not. I think he's Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Yep. Oh, I, I, I think that he's going to escape. Potentially with the help of the bitch. Or the slut, or the well, other we seem slut. to have gotten or the other, other slut. Here's the slut. Oh, uh, Vomity McChoke titties. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about her. You know what I miss? I miss the girl from the fucking bar. Fucking frogs squatting on benches. Yeah. She's the only one who seemed to have any real goals. That's fair. I guess, well, Putting you know what? Through. We might never find out what happened yeah. to her. Putting herself through plague doctor school. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, heart, follow, review. Smash that like button on YouTube. Go to Boomerx tonight. No spaces on Facebook for fun memes. And a link to our Patreon. Give us a dollar. You can find us on YouTube as Boomerx or check your favorite podcasting service for Boomerx tonight. We can be found on over a dozen different platforms, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio, and Samsung Podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at BRX Tonight, and if you Google BoomerX Tonight, no spaces. All links will lead you to us. Um, I think tomorrow, for a change of pace, we will go back to doing news, and then finish up. we can come back to... Yep. Yeah, so... Um, it seemed like we were getting near the end. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think we were a little more than halfway through, because... Oh. Chapter 6 we're still on, I think. And Chapter yeah. 7's last chapter. I think Chapter 6 and 7 just go on forever. Oh. So. But red emeralds are a real thing. Mm. Well, and I don't know how much... Are they called rubies? No. 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 They're called red barrel. Yep. Excite. 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 Uh, ruby is a soft stone. Emerald is a hard stone. Huh. And I had assumed all of them were green, but, and again, this is what they're called, like, I think actual emeralds are all green. Yeah, if you're going to call something an this emerald, is barrel. I think it's green. Barrel, I think, is a, yeah, is the same stone. Yeah. Right. Just different colors. Exactly. Different contaminants. Right. All right. So, um, we love y'all, and we will see you back here tomorrow night for more Boomer Rex tonight.